Cheska wins, Vet is back, and so is the fight for the number eight spot. What on earth is happening with Anadolu Fest? It's all ahead of us on your League Sweet 16. Tune in. Great pass from Diamantidis. The lob is done! We go, 40 minutes to a title. David Blue for three. On the mark, David Blue! Now Spinelis drives inside. Look for the alley! EuroLeague Sweet 16, exactly what you need. As ever, we are up on SoundCloud and we are, of course, uh, on wherever you get good podcasts. So be sure to search for EuroLeague Sweet 16 to subscribe and get the episodes as soon as they drop. Hello and welcome to EuroLeague Sweet 16 with me, Moshe from Team Scout, and as always, my great friend and co-host, back from exile, I think, safe to say, because that's how it felt. Lewis. It's been a long time. It has. It's been it's been a while. I actually in my head I thought I'll do something dramatic. Like I'll sit with you with my back turned and then just spin round and back. But no, it's good to be back. I had a couple of weeks hiatus as did Euroleague. You you know that we don't have the budget like to bring the guys from Inspector Gadget, right? For you to turn on that chair like you're that Doctor Evil kind of thing, right? But we don't have the money for the the cat food. You know, come on, it's yeah. come on. Maybe maybe for the evil twin, but we'll work on that. <laughs> evil twin huh you, you've been drinking that thing with the yellow tinted sunglasses kind of thing again have you oh yeah my yellow tinted sunglasses came right back out because maccabi are back yeah and they're not only ones but here's the thing just before we go to that like four minute warning um there is this thing that we really got to say and i mean it came to us as a complete surprise by the way first of all Lewis was not exiled to anywhere if anything, he had a very well-deserved vacation. And Lewis, seriously, welcome back. We missed you. And I know that I'm speaking on behalf of Amit and Aris. And here's the thing. We really do have an update for them. True, the, the two cases could be related somehow. But last we've heard, Amit has joined the uh, the Peace Corps. And he went on, you know, trying to locate, uh, you know, he went to Tibet trying to locate the unknown whereabouts of, of former EuroLeague legends. And, and Arix is running basketball black ops from a bar in Belgrade. He's running a bar there. What, what, what? Are we sure it's Belgrade and not Berlin? Or, or are, we, are we not certain yet? I mean, I'm scratching my head as we speak. I mean, is it possible that he sent Emmett on a mission to Tibet? It could be. It could be anything is possible. Um, anything is possible. And hopefully Emmett gets some EuroLeague legends and some EuroLeague news on his travels. That would be fun. Anyways, Emmett, uh, we know that it's going to be a struggle for you to tune in, uh, in in the first couple of days after the episode is out. So uh, by the time you hear this, do know this. We, we, we are saying be safe, and we are wishing you to come back, back bigger than ever. And Aris, yeah, we do mean that for you as well, buddy. Uh, but, uh, Louis, we had such an amazing week i'm not even saying weekend because it was a week we had three games that got rescheduled that well you know they originally got rescheduled but they were played on tuesday and they had some very very serious i think implications that we we might see the implications perhaps in a week or two from now but before we discuss that i think it's time right to uh to do that thing that for oh yeah 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 the thing yeah, it's time for the most inaccurately named segment in all of sports and entertainment today. It is time for the four-minute warning. Four minutes to get through all the action that just happened in EuroLeague. It's the four-minute warning. Okay, so yeah, uh, as you said, we had three games that were rescheduled. So we'll lead in with 
the first one, which was Bayern, I believe. Yeah, Bayern beat Asvel. And, uh... Pretty, pretty handedly in the end. Um, I know Asvel started the season strong and have fallen away pretty spectacularly. If you had to guess their plus minus on points differentials for the season, how high? I'd say minus 135 or 25. Oh, that is, that's, that's some good guessing. Minus 138. Damn. Okay, maybe that was the case before their, <laughs> their last game. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're struggling. Um, they struggled against Bayern. Elio Cobo had a pretty quiet night. Um, Chris Jones, 14 points. Uh, you saw a fall, big night. 14 points, five boards, and that's about it. That's it. And he managed that in 15 minutes. But no, um, probably an, impo- an important win for Bayern if they wanted to stay in the playoff picture. Yeah, I mean, the, the fight for the number eight spot is like crazy open. Uh, I straight up thought that like Zenit is going to win. I know that I'm making that early jump to, uh, to Thursday, to the Thursday, Friday cars, like the, the, to the current round. And I just knew that Zenit's going to take the win over FS. Because let's admit it, FS are not last year's FS. They're not the two years ago FS. They're not that dynasty we all wanted them to be. Like the next thing after Olympiacos and Maccabi sincerely gets formed or, the, you know, if we're looking at the history, the entire history of the competition, then, you know, the Yugoplastica splits and, you know, uh, uh, teams that, uh, that came before. But, man, they are. They just, they cannot get... Uh, um, a streak, like a straight-up streak, like Madrid's having, like Barca had. Dare I say, even like Maccabi had at one point. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think what's interesting for me is I had a look at this just out of my own curiosity. When you look at like the big picture of this season between unfortunate injuries and COVID, like players aren't always as available as they've been in historical seasons. Like guys are having to take two or three weeks off. That hasn't really applied to FS. When you think of FS as stars, you've obviously got your backcourt duo, Shane Lark and Vasily Misic. Now, at time of recording, FS have played 21 games this season. Larkin's played in 20. Misic, 18. Um, Simone, 16. Chris Singleton, 19. Dunstan Bryant, uh, sorry, Brian Dunstan and Elijah Bryant, um, 18, 17 games. Rodri Brouillard, ever present, 21 games. There's a fair amount of consistency, especially when you compare it to the other teams we expected to be around the final four. They've had a lot of guys dropping off. I think it's just FAs have almost lost the head. I mean, you can see it, and you, you see we all saw it after the game, the incident with Brian Dunstan. Just everyone just looked disinterested. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. There's like we, we kept saying, you know, the moment that the bars had got like Serta Chanley, the moment they got this one. You know what? It's like you cannot pinpoint anymore. I don't think that within Anadolu Fest they understand what is it that they need to do to solve that issue that will, you know, send them on that path of destruction that they've left last year around this point of the season. Yeah, I, I think, that the, I mean, the issue is obviously Shane Larkin has, he's actually shooting the ball collectively better than he did last year. He's averaging his least points since his first season at FS. Again, 59% of his twos, 37, 94, good splits. He's 101 assists. Puts him on track probably for a career-high season in assists. Oh, sorry, not a career-high FS season in assists. He's good basketball in your year. But, yeah, it's just it doesn't 
it doesn't seem to be working. And obviously, I know we spoke about it a lot. Shertag Shanley leaving was maybe bigger than we all thought it would be. And given how important he's been for Barcelona, there's a good case for that. But I hate to say it, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. We'll, call, we'll do it early. If FS drop to drop a couple more games, do you think Coach Atman's job is in danger? Oh, that, that's a good question. I think he doesn't deserve to be on, on the hot seat, especially because of the situation that Anadolu FS were in you know, when he got there. So he deserves like the benefit of the doubt, but hear me out. Next year, for sure, this is not going to be the, like the 22-23 the, the version of Anadolu FS is not going to be even remotely close to this roster. I just, I don't see how. I know that they got like crazy, crazy contracts, like with the extremely lucrative deal that, that Vasa Misic landed, right, this year in order not to leave, the, not to leave Europe. Shane Larkin, we all saw what happened to his knee in the, in, in the game at Barcelona, that game where Ataman said, I won the cup. And you have your Dunstan, you had like, I just, I get this vibe of a complete rebuild. Like, I, I don't see any good that can come out or that will come out of minimal changes. It's like, they got to they gotta do like a reboot of, of oh, that. Yeah. Hard reboot. And, and do you know what? Like, I know obviously they're, they're the stars of the team. They, they will come under criticism. It comes with the big contracts, unfortunately. But do you know who's, who's not really being criticized, but he is having a putrid season? And we were both quite high in this signing when they done it. Elijah Bryant is stinking it up in Istanbul. You know, I think I actually, I figured that one out. Because when you think about it, Anadolu Efes, they got like two combo guards. I mean, yeah, Shane Larkin is more of a more of a point, I'd say. But his oh, yeah. physical attributes, they allow him to be also, say, point combo kind of thing. Yeah, Vasa, like his, say that he's superior physically in comparison to a lot of guys who are playing the 2-1 positions in Europe. So that allows him also to be a facilitator to, to an extent. So that way you have like kind of a one-two punch. The best season that, that Elijah Bryant had, I think, was with when Maccabi had Nate Walters, when they had like a straight up, legit. Oh, yeah, his first season of Maccabi, yeah. yeah. Shot 50-40-70. Yeah, and, and you can say that. Yeah, that was impressive. And they had like Nate Walters. Now you can claim that he's not the best point guard in Europe. You know, he has his ups and downs. He has his plus and minuses. There are pros and cons to every player. And with Anadolu FS, it's like they are very much, their entire offense is based on a hell of a lot of ball movement. You don't see a lot of hero ball kind of thing. No, when, no, no. When you need the hero ball, they have the guys to do that. But they're, it's, like, it's not like they are running and gunning. It feels like because they are, they're playing fast and, and, and their offense is getting those open looks, but it's from sheer poetry in terms of like the ball movement and how they read the floor and their decision-making. I mean, I know it might sound a bit weird coming off now because they're not really succeeding this year, but when you think of their offense um, last year and the year before that, that's exactly what it was. It was. But my, my issue with, like, I get what you're saying, but two facilities, there's Elijah Bryant is shooting 19% from three. Yeah, that's not good. No, so you, you, so I, he, I, has, he has not made a three since... Maccabi Tel Aviv game? He's made one three since then. One three since then. This one. And it was against Unis. Okay, I I cannot spin that. I'm sorry. There, there's no way. Oh, you get like so. He's made he's made six on the season. Four of them were in the first three games. He went on a spell from the round of eight until the round of sixteen without making a three. 
when you sign a shooter like Elijah Bryant, you want you want a couple of makes. But he's not. That's the thing. He's not a knockdown shooter, but he can shoot. He can shoot, and he's supposed to shoot. But to me, like, what was special in Elijah Bryant than a lot of like wing players say in the Euroleague? Because he's more of a wing player than you can say that he's like a a shooting oriented kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Drew can make shots, but no, it's like that's not his forte. He should be like more taking advantage of his body, of his size, and when he's driving inside. But yeah. it's not like I don't see the way that Anadolu is running enough in terms of like Anadolu's roster, it's good enough to make your defense panic. And when it panic, like there's a lot of movement and you can catalyze on those paces to try and like drive inside or kick out the ball or like move the ball, you know, however it is you want to. But I, I'm not so sure it was a good fit. I think with hindsight, it's proven to be a very, very bad fit, but I don't think there's anyone that could have fit in this roster well. And I think the problem with FS is they really could have done with that win this week. They, they really could have done with the win at Zenit because... Oh, yeah, yeah, no. It, everything that's happened around them, realistically, if, if they beat Zenit, they, they are in the eighth spot ahead of Bayern. No, they, they are in the bad, bad situation. You're right about it. But they're not the only ones. Unix dropped a couple games. They lost both to, sorry, they didn't lose to Madrid. They got smoked by Madrid. It yeah. was no contest. And then Cheska, the most vulnerable version of Cheska. All well, of a sudden, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. It's, it's the most vulnerable we've seen them in a while. And funny enough, we keep saying that it, like every year. And from that point, they managed to somehow, you know, like the Phoenix rise from the ashes and like do their thing. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's definitely the, the thinnest. I have ever seen a Seska team from from recent memory. When you look through, I've got the box scroll up in front of me. And when you look through the Unix game, when you look at the minutes distribution, Mulatinov, 32 minutes, Johannes Voigtman, 31 minutes, Daniel Hackett, best part of 30, Alexi Sved, same 30. And I'll take a pause there because our comrade has returned, Alexi, that this imposter that has been pretending to be Alexis Fed all season, not shooting, not turning the ball over. I don't know who this man is, but Shvedi, steady, cook. He was back. He was back and he was cooking. 10 three-point attempts. That's what we want to see. He didn't turn the ball over very much, but he, had, he actually had a very good game. He shot, what, 9 of 14, 27 points. Pretty much put, put the Moscow backcourt on his back. And, and you know what? That's what I like. That is exactly what I like. Because if we were talking about on the Lulu FS, that is exactly what you're missing. That guy that whenever no one, like the entire team is having an off night, I'm going to say something that you're, that's going to make you go crazy right now. So it's like Scotty Wilbekin. You had those nights where <laughs> you had those nights where the entire team is not hitting anything. And you yeah. have that Scotty to explode with 30 points to keep them rolling. And that exactly. is what I Certain teams, they need that guy. So my jaw just dropped because I was looking at Sved's numbers. You know, we are at round of 23. We are, we are pretty far into the season. We are, we are deep down the rabbit hole. That was Sved's first 20, 20 point game of the season. How many fouls is, was it like, is he averaging this year in terms of foul drawns not committed? Fouls drawn, he is receiving one. What? 
one, 1. 1.5. He's, he's been filled 31 times this season. The same, we're talking the same player who averaged around like six in previous years is averaging just, where's Emmett? Emmett needs to hear this. Like this, this. Yeah, he was, he, he was over four, four last, and his last season with Kim, Kim K, the season before that. Uh, yeah. No, Emmett needs to hear this information in Tibet. He needs to do something. Alexis Red is missing. Yeah. He's um so he's been he's been fouled one one and a half times a game. That's very unshed like. But yeah, he dropped his first 20 ball of the season. Moscow got a very big win. That that I mean that win was as important as it was for Sheska, as pretty harmful that loss was for Unix. It was like it was a big swing. Moscow, big win, Unix, couple of big losses, to be honest. Um it slides that it's at the point in the season where they're sliding down the table and unfortunately and we've, we've talked about it the teams around them are either gathering a little bit of form or they're piecing together wins that you don't you don't really need if you are worried about you know making the playoffs and i suppose we, can, we can't talk sliding down the table without talking about olympiacos they are we, we have said it many times throughout the season they are dangerously dangerously close to having a four game losing streak which means what does that mean well and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Lewis, but it just feels like it doesn't mean shit anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it I mean, Maccabi can, can take like a two financial quarters losing streak and still somehow be in the playoff race. Well, I mean, listen, it has been done before, but it's like, not like this, okay? Not like this. I'm sorry. Like, the ever since COVID hit, every gathered statistic that we made, that we that we actually would put the effort to try and understand and analyze, went out the window. Like the yeah. uh, going 0-2 in like multiple double rounders, like the, the four-game losing streak. Oh, man. I think for Olympiacos, I mean, obviously they've lost, they lost at Fener, at Maccabi. Probably more worrying, they are now <laughs> losing at home. Vez- so now Spain and Vezda have done the double on them this season. Okay, so I'm going to surprise you, okay? Because this is something I actually went and checked. Um, yeah. Before the Maccabi game, like, they were, they had 12 wins. Well, they still have 12 wins, but that's not the point. The thing is, um, out of those 12 wins, seven of which, right, seven were somewhat of a knockout in the first quarter, okay? Okay. Meaning, um, I actually, you know what? I have this list ready. It was it was made long before. Okay, so first game of the season they played was Basconia. They stopped Basconia on 13 points in the first quarter. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a blowout. I remember that. So so you remember the Basconia game? It was a blowout, right? But we did, yeah. we, we we said back then it's Basconia, we're not expecting them to be good, right? Exactly. So then came Madrid. And how much did Madrid score in the first quarter? Oh, I know they started slow and brought it back close to the end. I'd maybe say, do you know I'm going to say 10? Yeah, they scored 10 in the first quarter. Really? <laughs> then came the Barcelona game, okay? Granted, they lost in overtime, but Barcelona kind of, you know, reacted also on the defensive end because Olympiacos only scored 17 in the first at the Palau Balagrena. But how much did Barca score? 12. 10. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Then came Joggeries. They stopped Joggeries. Ah, that doesn't count. But yeah, they, I imagine they, they held them to peanuts. Yeah, 12. Not that bad. 
Then they stopped Cheska on 20. They actually lost that game. Surprise. The Alba game was close. So, you know, it was, eh. They beat Fenner, stopping Fenner in the first quarter, 14 points. Okay? Oh, yeah, that one, came, that one came down to the buzzer, if I remember right. But, yeah, strong start. Yeah, Monaco scored 27, but Olympiacos crushed them in the next three three quarters, stopping them on 38 points in three quarters. Uh, then, you know, they stopped Maccabi on eight. You remember how that ended. They stopped Byron on 10, Villarban on 10. And Fenner was actually the only game that they stopped a team on 11 that didn't go to overtime, and they actually lost that one. Yeah, that was the start of the slide, the Fenner loss, yeah. No, yeah. I have to say, like, I mean, we obviously spoke about it um, off-air about the Maccabi game, and then I've, I've watched the Spesta game back a few times, and they were actually, it was a game they should have won, not just the on-paper side of things, but with, and I've got this written down because I knew I'd forget it. So, Sasha Beznikov, top of the key, tosses up a three, Rims out. Oh yeah, the uh, and, fall. <laughs> and fall ta- fall taps it back. Just the complete lack of spatial awareness from a professional athlete. He's not he's not a kid, and he has tapped it so far back. He's looking around a packed paint. So no, don't do that. Well, that was less than a minute on the clock, and at that point the score was sixty seven seventy two. If Mustafa Fall doesn't have the brain fart of all brain farts. <laughs> That get that 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 probably ends very differently. I, I think, truthfully, if Mustafa Fall just keeps a hold of that ball, I'd fancy them to score again. It ends a bit differently. Obviously, didn't pan out that way. Such is the nature of the game. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I. But it was. I mean, there's no like, there's, there's no polite way to describe it. He's also going, oh yeah 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 ball, ball, volleyball spike. Honestly, it's like I thought he's going to. Uh... I think what went through his head right after was, okay, that was perhaps maybe just a tad too hard than what I should have, like, tapped the ball. Like, but it, I mean, it literally, it went to, like, half court. It was a volleyball spike. No, it was... It was the, do, you, do you know what it was? It was like, do you remember Prime Dwight Howard? That's what it was. He literally just took all the life out of the ball, and it was like, oh, come on. What are you doing? Yeah, no, that, that, that was bad. That was very bad. And... You can say that it had something to do with Olympiacos still not managing to uh, to really bounce back since COVID hit that roster. I mean, yeah. they're, they're struggling to score. I mean, we, we really noticed it against Maccabi. There just seemed to be a, a lack of... Well, yeah, you know what? With Maccabi was a bit different because with Maccabi was at that game. Aside of a few uh, defensive rotations that weren't spot on on the perimeter... Maccabi actually did a very good job in terms, just like defending the perimeter. Like yeah, I, yeah, they, they made life they made life difficult for Sasha, um, which is a big part of and Dorsey their game and Dorsey as well. Dorsey is another one of my stinking it up lists. I mean, he's he's had a rough few weeks. He's yeah. so at at Fenerbahce, he dropped he dropped fourteen four of seven from deep, pretty respectable. However, he coughed the ball up seven times. Next week, Maccabi, 12 points on four of seven shooting. Not terrible. Didn't make a three. Then last night, 0 for five from deep. That's, I mean, he's shooting well on the season. And obviously, you know what you get with Tyler Dorsey. You're going to have some nights where he is, as we like to say, muy caliente. But then you'll have a couple of nights when, that was a, that, that's a pretty nasty shooting spot. But Olympiacos, they have a good roster. We, we spoke about it at length. But they, outside of Sasha, they don't really have much scoring. 
and I think we're now starting to find that out. Well, and I've got one last thing to say on Olympiacos because I had a so obviously they are in a slide, they are in a bit of a slide, and a lot was made about how how good they were looking at the start of the season. They looked good, but I would argue, I mean, okay, they got a couple of nice wins. They got a couple of nice wins at Milano, and then they went to Unix and got the win. But realistically, they weren't. There was no major surprises in their results. However, to finish the season, they've got Unix, Barcelona, a trip to Villarreal, a trip to Monaco. So teams that are hanging around there. They've got Milano, FS, and next week they're at Madrid and Madrid. Like there's a, there's a few. There's quite a lot of banana skins there, in my opinion. That. Olympiacos should be a wee bit worried. I think they're going to have to pull a hat out of the bag. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I do think they have the scorers. I just think that right now shots are not falling in. And it makes... No, I mean, Dorsey can definitely help out on that. And you have Vesnikov, who's obviously the main guy. But something there is out of sync, out of rhythm. And they need to get in sync, into sync, like, and into rhythm real fast. Because yeah. here's what, like, if I told you... I mean, how hap- like how many episodes has it been since you uh the the giraffe three? Oh, three, three, yeah. Okay, so if I would have told you like three and a half to four weeks ago, Lewis, we're gonna see that Olympiacos, Kazan, Byron are not like like the the six to to eight spot are not really that secured. They are somewhat open. Would yeah, you- I, I would I would definitely have been I would have been shocked by the names i think we, we always expected there was going to be this patch in the middle of the season where basically six through realistically six through tenth was going to be very very tight but i didn't those are not i didn't expect olympiacos to be in there and i didn't expect unix to be in there um i expected Cheska, fs monaco i, I obviously fernabachi have had a few injury problems but yeah um, if I was Olympiacos, I'd be starting to maybe sweat a little bit. If I'm Unix, I'm starting to sweat now. And the thing is, Cheska, their win, they got off, they got out of a potentially very unpleasant situation. Um, yep. Milan are now seem to be in the clear. Zenit are getting there because they are 13 and 7. You know, they still have still without Shabazz. Yeah, and, and they got like two games that they need to uh they still need to play. If I'm Madrid. I'm beginning to uh, to take things a bit more lightly because, again, till now, one of the, the things that is still left is you it, like no since the format has changed, no team that finished regular season as their number one seed actually won the Euro League. Go argue with that, but you still have Monaco in the mix, right? Monaco they played 22 games. That's why I think that the picture lies just a bit. Why? Because Anadolu are 10 and 11. Byron also 22 games. Maccabi are now 9 and 11. So essentially, if Maccabi gets this uh, double rounder, right, if they go 2 and 0, and we will discuss, not at length, but we're going to discuss uh, enough uh, uh, about the situation that are, you know, when they're heading into that double rounder. But essentially, a double win this week, right, including the win, a win over Byron, in Munich, right? This would be huge for them. Huge. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. It's it. Like, Maccabi. I, I, I'm, I'm still not sure how, but they are amazingly 
somehow still in the playoff picture, despite that horrendous, was it seven, eight rounds without a win? Eight, yeah. Oh, seven, seven, yeah, eight. eight. No, eight, yeah, eight. And eight, here's the eight thing. that win, it was just, it was painful. They still have two games they need to play. They, they are 9-11. So that's why I'm saying this, because that means that they'll have the, the tiebreaker over Bayern oh, yeah. In, yeah, yeah. in Munich. Yeah. And I mean, it, it worked out in Maccabi's favour, truthfully, to be honest. Also, I know Fenner, Fenner had a few COVID cases, so that game got pushed back. And now it turns out Maccabi have a few of their own. Again. Again, again, um, three millionth time lucky. But at the moment, it looks like it's just the coaching staff. I, no disrespect to coaching staff, but I think if you were to offer the head coach, you can have COVID or Scotty Wilbekin can have COVID. I think I know what one he's probably taking. No, the thing is, first of all, that obviously we're all wishing health to the guys that, you know, tested positive and to those that are not, be safe. I mean, you know, we don't know who's symptomatic and who's not symptomatic, but if you're a player and you have to play, Physically wise, yeah, it's going to be a bit more complicated. Yeah, nice. And I think, um, I think obviously, it's probably. I mean, I think the date wise, it looks like the coaching staff could be back theoretically, assuming everything goes well and tests are in the clear. They could be back for the second half of a double round week. Meaning for the and back, yes. So if you've got the choice of okay, I'm going to be a bit short-handed for Jalgiris, or a bit short-handed to Bayern. With all due respect to our Lithuanian listeners, I think we all know what game you want to be shorthanded for if you had to choose. If you were forced to choose, not had to choose. Big difference. Yeah. Obviously, we yeah. don't mean that if you had to choose. If you were forced to choose this or that, still, I choose them to be happy, to, to be healthy. But that is not the situation right now, sadly. Uh, I will say this, though. Really kudos to, to the EuroLeague, I think, for actually managing to keep things running somehow despite all the COVID cases that we have. I mean, granted, I won't be surprised if we, we were to uh, to see the, the regular season continues like about a week or two past the day that was, that was originally planned. But if that is the case, that is like a huge, huge check mark like in the pro column and the win column. That's a huge dub. Yeah, well, getting the season done, but I think especially three or four weeks ago, it looked pretty bleak, the situation. Um, and then we'll go from that big miss to the last game we'll talk about today. Um, well, last of last week's games we'll talk about today. And it's a very short one. It was Asphalt-Barca. And all I want to say is, unbelievably, and the most boring, boring of basketball, Barcelona did not score after 5.34 in the fourth quarter. Over five and a half minutes of basketball without scoring a point. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. It, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it, it says a lot about obviously how well they were playing up until that point. The fact they managed to relatively cruise to victory despite going over half a quarter of basketball without scoring a single basket. That's painful. Yeah, no, that, that, is, that is bad. But I have to ask you this. Go. What, no? <laughs> sure, yeah. If I were to tell you that, like, Jalgris are going to be able to uh, to stop Milan on 65 points in the road game. I mean, I I, I, I I thought about speaking about Milan, but truthfully, I I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't think there'll be a Final Four team this year. I genuinely don't. But they are 
I mean, you say it across all sports, you, the games that they really shouldn't be winning, situations like that, if you if you get stopped in 65 points, you you really don't fancy your chances. But Milano seem to be grinding out a lot of wins, like just, just doing just enough to get where they need to go. And the only teams that I can remember doing that continually are teams that have won at the end of the season. Like that's that to me is the sign of a championship team. If you can win when you really shouldn't be winning. Yeah, there's something to it, I'll give you that. But yeah, I mean, the fact that Jalgiris just flat out suck and could only score 58 points definitely helped. But yeah, so obviously we've alluded next week is a pretty big week in terms of the season. There's a lot of teams that need to start putting a run of wins together and then teams that just, they need a win. Um, no, no way to sugarcoat it. And we've actually got quite an unbalanced week. We have on Tuesday night, six games. And on Wednesday, we've got three. Okay. It happened before. It happens. But I, I mean, yeah, actually, to, to be truthful, when you look at the three we have for Wednesday night, it works out all right. So we have Fenner, Asvel, Svenas Vesda, Milano, Jalgiris Maccabi, as we've already spoke about, yeah. Panathinaikos, Monaco, Basconia, Zenit, Barcelona, Bayern. And then we have a fairly heavyweight Wednesday night with Sheska Efes, Alba Berlin, Unix, and Real Madrid, Olympiacos. A bit of a revenge game there for Los Blancos. Mm. So, Moses. What are your games of the week? Well, my games to watch, obviously, uh, if I could pick, I would take like both of them from the uh, the Wednesday card. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, it's just too damn easy. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but... You know what? There's not, Fenner, lot, there's, not, there's not a lot of good watching on that Tuesday card. <laughs> actually, there is. Potentially, trust me, there is. Because in terms of, of just pure interest, there's like the Finner Asphalt game. Right for for its own reasons, like Finner are that's their f- first game back in the Euroleague since COVID and, and injuries, and they still have some some injuries. And Asvel have been running for a few games now, and you have this Vesda Milan game that that's supposed to be a good game to watch, at least defensively if you're a fan of defense, because the yeah, game. Yeah, I, I think that I think that'll be another low scoring night for Milano, truth be told. But yeah, who knows? I, we could be pleasantly surprised, but as you said, yeah, I think uh, the the Wednesday card. Looks it, a bit, um, yeah. a bit tastier. It's it's like it's either Madrid Olympiacos or Cheska FS. I mean, I, I know I know what one I'm taking, and it's not Cheska FS. Yeah, I know, I know. It's Olympiacos Madrid. Don't you dare saying, uh, um, yeah, let's go with Olympiacos Madrid. And as for my picks, I usually give you the honors, but this time I'm brave enough to tell my own. I'm going with an Asphalt win, just for the aforementioned reasons. Okay. Okay. Uh, Maccabi, I'll be crazy enough to say Panathinaikos, even though I can't remember if they actually managed to to get a couple of of wins, like they, they managed to connect a win and another win on consecutive games this year in the Euroleague. Vesda Milan, damn. You know what? Let's go Zvezda. Zenit, Barcelona, Cheska, Unix, and hear me out. If Unix lost, loses this one. I'm allowing you to press the panic button in my books for Unix Kazan. Not necessarily because they'll not make it to the playoffs, but just because, you know... It's, it's a game they have to win. No, I, I agree with you completely there. They, they do. It's, they, and you'll never get Alba Berlin at, 
at a better time because they've got no Marcus Ericsson at the moment. Yeah. And Real Madrid, even though I might change at the end of the before the end of the show, the Panathinaikos Monaco game. Okay, what's your what, what are your picks and games to watch? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you something because I had a quick look when you were talking there. Panathinaikos have not yet this season won back to back weeks, so I ain't taking Panathinaikos. Um, so I'll my my um my games of the week, I'm I'm actually going to give it to I'm going to go for. Svesta Milano, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think that could be make or break time for Milano's home court playoff chances. And then obviously, as we said, I think Real Olympiacos, because Olympiacos are in that situation now. They don't want to go on a four-game losing streak, and Real are just, they're grinding out the wins. They are, I mean, they've added Gabby Deck, who's not, who's not really done anything, to be totally honest, since he's came back. But yeah, um, he'll come good eventually, and that's that's an interesting clash of a uh, clash of the titans, if you will. So you've got Gabby Deck and Yabuselli against Sasha Vesnikov. It's a bit of a, a spicy heavyweight battle there. And Papa Nicolau, don't forget. I know that Papa Nicolau, Costas Papa Nicolau mainly plays like you know the kind of three position in a way, but he can you know in a, in a small ball lineups. I think you can put him on defensive assignments on the like he if if, if we're talking defensive assignment, that's your guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's just, it's going to be a, it's, it's a fairly it's a clash of styles because you've got obviously Real Madrid in their infinite length and wing defenders. You've got Jeff Taylor, Adam Hanga, Roberto Abalde, um, Gabby Deck to an extent as well, and then you've got a fairly groundbound Olympiacos team. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on. Um, obviously, I hope Mustafa Fall has a better night than he did last night against Eddie Tavares, but I'm going to call that doubtful. So, my predictions, leading on, I'm going to go with Fenner. What? Milano. Milano. They didn't play for two and a half weeks, I think, in a year early, if not more. They had COVID. They had injuries. Asphalt, on the other hand, they played. You're comfortable enough saying right now, Asphalt, uh, uh, Fenner, 100%? I'm not saying they're 100%, but I think they'll win. Okay. I think they'll win. Okay. Um, Fenner, Milano, Zhao, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Maccabi, Monaco, Zenit. Okay, I'm, I'm going Monaco as well and also Milan just because I'm not confident enough with the uh, with this Vesta, just so you know. There it is. It's- uh, Barca, yeah. Um, I thought you were about to say Basconia. <laughs> I know, no, no. Zenit will definitely be Basconia. That's that, that's sure. And um, actually, I think Bayern might might pull off a surprise against Barca, but I'm not confident enough to put my money on it. Um, Sheska FS, yay, yay, yay. I'll take I'll take Sheska grudgingly, but again, yeah. that game could go either way. Um, Unix to be Alba and say it. Olympiacos. What? They're going to break the streak. They'll break the streak. I think I went with Madrid, didn't I? Yeah, you went with Madrid. Good. Then we are going to uh, take down the uh, the gap between us two in the predictions fight, I think. Yeah, I mean, I was, um, before all the games started getting cancelled, I was flying. I was I was cruising. I was running away with it. And then all of a sudden, um, the season just fell yeah. apart. Yeah. Okay, so now we have 
round number two, or actually, you know, 25 in a way. So, and the games are the Thursday card, Zvezda Monaco, Milan, Finner, that used to be the clash of the Titans, Bayern Maccabi, and you know what? That is the game to watch. Seriously, that is the game to watch. Uh, still on the Thursday card, Barcelona, Panathinaikos. And yeah, that's it. Then we have on the Friday card, Cheska, Alba, Anadolu, Efes, Asvel, Jalgiris, Unix, Basconia, Olympiakos. Another clash of the Titans. Yes, my friend, it is Real Madrid, Zenit. Yeah. So on the Friday card, we've got Cheska, Alba, Efes, Asvel, Jalgiris, Unix, Basconia, Olympiakos, and a tough week for Real Madrid. They have Zenit. Yeah, so, I mean, your games to watch and your picks, please. So I'm going to take Bayern Maccabi. I think that I think that could be a decisive yeah. game. It's a game, it's, it's an interesting game from the perspective that Bayern have to win, but Maccabi can't lose. Actually, Maccabi can lose in overtime or by one point. Yeah, but it's, they, they don't want to lose. Um, exactly. That'll be my game from the Thursday card and from the Friday card. Good week of entertainment um, in the Spanish capital. I'm taking Madrid's in it. Those are my games of the week. Um, my predictions. I'm going to take Svezda. Ooh. Milano. Yes. Bayern. Barca. Mm-hmm. And then for the Friday, Cesca, Efes, Unix, Olympiacos, and... Real Madrid. Okay, so my games to watch are pretty much same picks as you as you made. Um, Byron Maccabi and uh, the Milan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Madrid Zenit game. Uh, so, um, like I said, same picks as you made. Like in terms of the games to watch, and I think also, honestly, I would have picked Maccabi, but I I I don't see like how Byron can will lose two games on the double rounder. Like they can, don't get me wrong. Maccabi could win there. Um oh, yeah definitely. Yeah but I'll take Zvezda, um Milan, Byron, Barcelona, Cheska, Efes, Jaguri Sunix. I'm going Unix, I'm going Olympiacos and I'm going Madrid. Solid week. Solid week of games and I think that there's there's plenty of entertainment. Hopefully, no more COVID surprises to throw us off. But it looks solid, and the season it's, it's shaping up nicely for uh, an exciting end to the season. By the way, if Maccabi gets this week two and zero, knowing that they still have two games to uh, to play, you know, to um, two games that got rescheduled, right? Yeah, actually three when you think about it. There's the Panathinaikos, Fenner, and uh, one more game. The uh, no, two. Oh, in Basconia. Basconia, Panathinaikos. Yeah. Say they win these games. What do we what do we make of it? It's a, it's a tough call. And I think that's like, you obviously have to take the, the table with a, he- a heavy dose of salt. Um, but, I mean, I, I always say, like, it's, it's all fine and well saying you've got games in the bag. It doesn't mean you're going to win them. Yeah, Basconia is a perfect example. Should Maccabi beat Basconia? Yes. Unfortunately for Maccabi. Basconia are due a Basconia type of win. Yeah, but here's the thing. They're not going to play until like um, March 1st, I think. Yeah. Although the way Basconia are playing, that might be their next win. Um, yeah. So, no, I think uh, that battle from realistically fifth 
fifth to twelfth in the table it is heating up very, very quickly. And I think these games in the bank are going to be pivotal come the end of April. Yeah. Okay. And on that bombshell, I think it is. It is it. That is it for this week. Uh, Lewis, as ever, tell us where they can find you. Yeah, it's been good to be back. As always, you can find me on all social media at Half Glenny. Yeah, and you can find Emmett, well, I mean, if not in Tibet, on social media platforms of Bond Europe, the various ones, also on the website of Bond Europe. Aris Barkas is available at R Barkas and the various social media platforms as, of your hoops as well, also the website, of course. And as for myself, I'm at MosesB1 on Twitter, as well as I'm Team Scott. You can uh, also follow the show on um well yeah we have the twitter account of oh, it is at el switch 16 show we are working um these days on starting also a tiktok account just for you guys so uh we'll keep you posted when it becomes a thing uh right lewis yeah definitely we've got a, a couple of little projects in the background that we can hopefully announce quite soon but stay tuned share with your friends and of course follow the twitter account yeah, and you can follow also the Team Scout page on Facebook where the show is also being uh, published there. But essentially the show itself right now, the podcast version is available on SoundCloud, on Anchor, and on Spotify. And that is it, really. It is it for this week's episode. So, till next time. Great pass from Diamantini's. The lob is done. go, 40 minutes to a title. Euroleague Sweet 16, exactly what you need.